Hello and welcome to Sounds Like Work. My name is Matt Chinnick. Do you ever wonder what life would be like if you had chose a different career path? Or maybe your current career just isn't a good fit for you anymore and you're looking for a new challenge. I sit down with people from all kinds of industries and ask them the question, what is it like to do your job and how can I do it too? Today, I'm talking to Alyssa Kramer, an agency producer and leading healthcare provider in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Alyssa's worked in video production and photography for the best part of a decade now and has her own business as a filmmaker photographer where she shoots events and promotional videos. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to work in media production and find out from Alyssa some things that you can do to get into the industry as well. Alyssa, hello. So you work your ass off. Um, you're one of the hardest working people that I know. Would you agree with that statement? A hundred percent. No one else works as hard as I do. Just kidding. What's, your, what's the secret? <laughs> um, the work that I do outside of my, my nine to five job is still in the realm of like what I consider to be a hobby. And it just so happens that I make money doing that. So, you know, that's like the driving force that I enjoy the work. I'm making money. And I mean, overall, in general, I'm a person that likes to stay busy and active. And if I'm sitting still, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I'll watch eight hours of Netflix on a Saturday or whatever, but <laughs> I, I like to be working towards a goal and accomplishing something. And I don't know, the money thing is, is important and it's just exciting to kind of set your own monetary goals like that. And every year, I, it's the sky's the limit kind of thing do you uh do you write off your netflix subscription as uh research and development for your media company no but i just did my taxes and i'm pissed now that i didn't now you should off. <laughs> i write off my cable so i mean there who's teaching who <laughs> I, I still don't know <laughs> i mean i don't write off my cable <laughs> so so right now you're an agency producer was that uh it, part of the the script for a long time or was it something that you realized that you wanted to to get into i mean i guess first of all <clears throat> what how would you uh how would you summarize your job like what is your your job sure so my title agency producer it's, just, it's a video producer and i'm called agency producer because we have an in-house advertising agency that sits within this big corporation this healthcare corporation and it's like a newer model that more companies are taking on um, to have this in-house creative agency that produces all of the commercials and all of the marketing and all of the creative content. Whereas the older model and still a model that lots of companies use is uh, they'll have like a marketing team, but then they outsource to all these other ad agencies and production companies um, and spend tons of money doing that. So a lot of companies are bringing resources inside, hiring full-time positions, designers, art directors, creative directors, video editors, motion graphic specialists, and having them full-time and housing everything. And, and it saves tons of money, like if you can do it right. Anyway, so that's the model that I work under. And my, my title as agency producer is everything that a video producer does. And, and But at my company, I mean, to, put, to give you a very loose, stupid metaphor, <laughs> is I would be like the conductor of like a symphony, kind of. So just keeping it's it is like a glorified event planner and it's it's being involved from a production and it's always video or photography being involved in that from the very beginning with the strategists and the marketing team the project managers and and the writers and the graphic designers be having a role in the concept speaking from a video production standpoint so when they're throwing a concept out at you 
I weigh in on what's attainable from a video perspective that they may not have seen. So having my background in video production is imperative because I need to be able to speak on those technical things that these people don't know. So then I bring up those concerns and then I take on all of the logistics. I, I just like kind of run everything, have all these different people, all these different moving parts and make sure everything's working seamlessly from the start to the finish. So I'm like a liaison between all of the different departments from the creative side to the video production side to the project management and the leadership side. And I'm just like running it between all of them. <laughs> yeah. And that's my favorite place to be is, is sort of in between these, these disciplines, right? Because in what I do in software development, the, the ball gets dropped the most in between handoff points right and i could see yes. that being a really common thing for anybody in any communication industry. gets lost right it's, easily. It's, it's problems with the communication it's problems with process it's problems with like you know well hey i i did my part of the job and so you can't point your finger at me and and really it's it's not like that's the kind of attitude that you deal with um for the most part if at all but uh but i think when you have you know um four or five different uh roles um that is where things can go wrong pretty quickly. And so it sounds like your job is directing people between those lines. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You did a better summary than me. You want to go to my next interview for me. <laughs> so next I time I have do to do an elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any job openings, it sounds like I can already do your job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. not, not even at all. And the reason why would be because, as you mentioned, you need that background in, in production and have that understanding of uh, how to do at least one of those roles, right? Like maybe you haven't done every single role um, on your on your team, but you've done, you know, video, like, like been on the ground and have worked closely with these other roles enough to know how to, uh, to manage them and enough to be able to see potential problems in the, in the process right. and figure like that I know, out. I know how long it takes to build a camera to get it set up or to build a set so you, to do a shoot. So when a project manager writes a schedule, I'm like, no, no, that's going to take a lot longer. So you need to pad this area because they have this like jib they're bringing that's going to take X amount of hours to build. And then we have to build in time for makeup and, and this and that and just things being on set like that before and doing it myself and actually putting together a camera. I like, I know all of those technical things. I mean, I will never do it as well as the people that we have that are specialists that actually do it on a day-to-day -day basis. But I know enough that I can speak on their behalf because they don't have time to go to these meetings and like communicate with all these other people. That's what my role is. So I have to represent them in an accurate way. Do you think that that's a natural uh, career progression then for somebody that is working more in, in the delivery of, of, of the production? I think that with like specifically in the field of video production and, and photography is a little different, so I can't really speak to that right now, but the video production field, I think where I started kind of hands-on, I think you can go a multitude of directions and a video producer isn't necessarily like on the direct path up. I mean, it's definitely, for me it is, it's, it's a direction I want to take and it was a, a step up for me. But you could also go the route of directing and cinematography and you could really any of these roles, like an audio specialist can get really high. I mean, you can take any of these roles and blow them up and just go to a, a company that has a space for you because not every company has a role for a cinematographer, you know. So you just kind of have to decide on what direction, what area of production you excel at. And that's what I love about video production is there's so many different avenues. 
So I dabbled in all of it. I hate audio. I hate lighting. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't want to go that direction. I like organization. I like talk. I like managing people, working with people. So a video producer was a natural fit for me. Like I was less, I liked the filming and the being the creative one and stuff like that, but that's less important to me than where, than the other aspect. No, yeah. So, so do you think then that that's a, a must do for people that, that are getting into entry level jobs in, in video and, and photography is, is try out as many of the different sort of positions uh, as, as they can. And, and maybe you're not actually formally switching job tiles every time, but you're just being like, Hey, can I help out with lighting today? Or, Hey, can mm -hmm. I watch you do lighting today even? And then using that as a, as a, the opportunity to, to give you information that you can then help to plan your career path. Yeah. I mean, I think one benefit to video production and photography, like media in general, is that like, you can just go out and buy a camera and you don't have to have a job in it. I mean, that helps and that's you know, eventually going to be required, but you can just like I did, I just bought a camera and started filming stuff. And someone was like, I would rather pay someone to do this than me go buy a camera and figure out how to do it. So that's just how I got started. So, and then that led to one thing, which led to another thing. And I met someone who met someone and then got a job and you know, that's just how that goes. So with the media production stuff, just if you aren't having luck and getting hired, I mean, you can, you can, you can be an extra and a shoot and just observe that way. You can be hired as like a production assistant, a PA, you can get started that way. But if you're having trouble getting a job, like the big catch 22 is that you have no experience, but no one will hire you to get the experience. So you're just constantly stuck. Just go buy a cheap camera and, or, or use your phone, like watch some videos and just start creating content and then create your own content, upload it to YouTube, upload it to Vimeo. You have a reel, you know, learn some quick editing tutorials. Like there's, there, there's inexpensive and affordable ways to get the experience. There's a lot of free tutorials out there and, you know, you can get like student pricing on certain things. So, um, I think just get started doing something and that'll lead to something else. So you've been doing your work in your industry for a long time, nine years now, according to your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> I know that this can be padded sometimes, but if anything, I'm sure it's longer. <laughs> um, what brought you into the industry and what makes you excited about working in it? I always thought media was cool in general. The reason I even went for my master's degree in media production was because I tried Photoshop once and literally Photoshop my coworkers' faces onto monkeys' bodies. Like that was... I thought the that's digital... That's a cool story. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that doesn't show my passion. I don't know what does. But like, I liked the digital space. I liked, I was just like, Photoshop is so cool. So I thought I wanted to be a graphic designer. Found out I wasn't so great at that, but that's what I enrolled in school to be, was a graphic designer just because that was all I knew. I didn't even consider video, didn't consider audio or photography or anything. But because I started with graphic design, I learned Photoshop and then I met someone who taught a media class and I talked to her and she said, have you thought about camera work? And I was like, no. She said, how about you take my class? I said, okay got a camera. It was, that was it. I started in photography and I liked photography, but once I started doing video, I liked how you could tell stories with motion and sound and, and visual all at once. Photography is beautiful in and of itself, but video has so many more like stimulation of the senses and I more impactful storytelling to me that that's what I was, I just chose that and didn't look back. And what about now? Um, what's kept you going? Um, I mean, corny but the storytelling aspect I like a lot I mean I do a lot more in my current position I do a lot more 
bigger scale commercial shoots now. And, and that's been fun and challenging in and of itself, but I still really enjoy, I mean, editing has always been my favorite piece of video production. I love to see all the different elements come together and make like one thing that you just watch and it seems seamless and you have no idea how many pieces make it all up. Um, and so that I think still fascinates me and I still get that kind of rush from my freelance world and I've been expanding that kind of work and doing more creative projects. So, so that paired with just the, the coolness, I guess, for lack of a better word of doing these bigger shoots for my full-time job. That's what keeps me interested in it. We'll be right back. Most people that I talk to that do what they love, myself included, um, it sort of gets a little bit tarnished as you get a bit further into your career. Um, if you try and do it outside of work, it becomes less appealing for a lot of people that I've spoken to, which is not the case for you. So what, what, uh, how, how has work not been, how has work not ruined your passion? <laughs> That's a good question. And also it has, oh. <laughs> I mean, no, Sorry it, for bringing it, it up. <laughs> no, I, I think that there's an aspect of truth to doing this, like too much of one thing. And especially when you do it in a professional setting, and you're kind of you don't have as much like freedom so you get a little bit burned out and then you have to do it into your personal life too i mean you can walk a fine line of burning yourself out from your passion but what i like about the freelance world and like the work i do outside of my nine to five is that like i'm in charge of it i create it i have creative say for the most part i mean i work for clients so they do but i am like my own boss there whereas my full-time job i have some autonomy there but i still have to like cave to whatever corporate standards I have to follow just because that's my job. But in the freelance world, I can be, I can pick and choose my projects. I can take on as little or as much as I want to. And you could find yourself down a slippery slope of taking everything, like saying yes to everything. And that's where you risk the burnout. But if you can find a nice balance of, you know, keeping it your passion and only choosing the projects that mean something to you or that are, worth the money or whatever it is, then, then that's where I think you can find the balance. And the aspect of like, for me personally, having my own business and learning how to build that in whatever way I did it, you know, like there's no right way or whatever, but it's been exciting to like build my own website or figure out how to get new clients. And, and that part of it was sort of its own challenge. Like aside from the videography and the photography, it's just, it's exciting to build something on your own when you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> What I like about the business side of it is that it's helped develop like my career, my nine to five has helped develop my freelance world, my business side and my business side has helped develop my nine to five. So I'm in the position I'm in now, I have more of a leadership role, but in my previous life when I was younger and less experienced, I was able to kind of practice some of these other roles that I wasn't holding at my nine to five job, if that makes sense. So I was client facing a lot. Like when I'm running my own business, I'm also doing client meetings and making pitches, if you will, not as formal as, as in theory they are, but that's what I essentially was doing. I was selling myself. I was meeting with clients and saying, this is why you should hire me. And I was practicing that and like getting better at it so I could apply it to my full-time job where I wasn't quite getting that experience. You know, you probably know enough about the industry now at the, at that level, as well as having practiced things like marketing yourself and stuff like that to be able to do those larger projects solo and maybe hire out some other people and, and that kind of stuff. Is that something you've ever thought about doing? Like, 
uh, merging the two together more and, and having like a shop with with other people that work for you? Yeah, for sure. And I think that that has been what's happened more or less in the past. I mean, in the evolution of both sides of my professional life, like in my nine to five, I've increased my role. And in my freelance side business, I've increased that as well. So I went from taking on little mediocre, whatever, small income based jobs where I just run out and shoot something and, and send it. Now I like I have a, a shoot this Saturday where I hired a whole crew for it and I budgeted like a much significantly larger budget than I've ever used. And I've signed contracts and like for the year with a company. And that's something I never would have necessarily thought I was capable of or done ever had I not worked in the world on my nine to five because I was running shoots all the time where I'd hire out a crew and I'd work with, you know, 30, 40 K budgets and didn't realize that I could still hire those same crew people really. And I do, I hire the same people for both worlds and just get gigs on my own and kind of run them in the same way. It's just under my company instead of my full-time company. And to be clear, they're totally non-competitors. <laughs> <laughs> right now. <yes>. Right now. <laughs> now the good thing is that there's a, um, there's so many different types of markets for what you do. You do a lot of weddings, right? It's not like uh, your your healthcare company are going to be starting to get into no, wedding, right. wedding production. I mean, who, who's to say healthcare is growing? <laughs> no, my, my nine to five job is working in the healthcare industry, primarily advertising commercials and stuff for the company and for our clients. And then my freelance life is, yes, like started in lots of weddings. And I still do them, but I my most recent job, I ended up getting because my mortgage lender, I worked with my mortgage lender to buy my own house. Like he was, I was his client. And after that he called me and he was like, Hey, I need somebody to do like all these videos and don't you, isn't that what you do? And I ended up signing this like pretty large deal with him. And he just like, that's now I'm going to be working on a, a project about like, um, renovation loans. And that's similar to what I did for my person. So that was just like some random connection, but that's the type of work I would do on the side, not, I wouldn't go and do a video for a healthcare company. <laughs> is uh, is he paying you in real estate? Uh, yes, I'm just gonna give me like tiny apartments. Like here, here's a bedroom. <laughs> yeah. It's like someone else owns the rest of the house, but you get the bedroom until you do exactly. another project for me. Yeah, cool. <laughs> nailed it. Your point about um, being able to do more because you have worked in you know for a corporation as well as like for yourself, and you can combine the skill sets. That's something that I've heard that I have heard of a lot of people say that it's it's better to have worked for somebody else before you try and work for yourself. I'm sure there's a lot of people that do go straight out and start up their own business in an industry they've never worked in before um, and, and are successful. Um, but I can see how, you know, you can learn a lot about the, the workings of a successful company or as well as some things that you should probably avoid, right? Like maybe you work with um, some editors that that just aren't that great at, at a previous job and you know what to look out for when you're looking for editors for your own like business and it's something that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Um, so yeah, do you think there's there's uh, been a lot of lessons learned, you know, for you in from, from your corporate life that, that have helped you avoid making mistakes in your personal business? Yeah. For sure. But I actually was the opposite of that. So I started the freelance before I had like a job in the industry, but that, which even more further proves what you just said, because 
I mean, in, in a way, like some of it was beneficial, but there was a lot to learn after I had the experience in the actual industry versus when I was just figuring shit out on my own. I mean, I just picked up, a, I literally bought a camera, found someone who was willing to pay me whatever. And just and while I was in grad school, you know, trying to get through it and it worked and it was fine, but I didn't know what I was doing. There was no organization to it. I didn't have any structure to a business. I mean, what I, I was doing it right. I found out like later, I just learned better ways to do it and more efficient ways and, and processes and systems and software and platforms that I could use that I had no idea. Like I was just making it up. So I was on a good track, but being in a corporate world or not even corporate, like wherever, whatever your industry is, just getting real world experience with other people who've been doing it a lot longer, like really shaped how I approached my own business after that in a positive way. It, none of, none of that process sounds bad right it's just a learning process mm -hmm. it sounded the way you described it like you went through a learning process you had to use a bunch of different tools and do things a bunch of different ways to find out how you liked to do things personally um i guess that it's <laughs> to be like frank it's better to do that on someone else's dime if yeah. you can right yeah <laughs> like if you if you have an option of it if, if someone at work says hey um we need a new and it doesn't have to be malicious, right? It can be like, hey, we need to switch softwares that we're using, right? Here, can you just f use a few different ones and figure out what you like, right? You're still, you can experiment with that and, and really take your time and not panic about the fact that you have to use something straight away or you're gonna like not make any money. If possible, it's a good idea. One of the benefits of, of having that industry experience before you get into it yourself is that, yeah, you can, figure out what the way you like to do things and what you what you want to use and how you want to do it totally. without worrying about where your next paycheck's coming from. And I mean, even it's not even necessary, I think, to have the experience before you try to pursue your own business or your own side gig or whatever it is. You can do it just at the exact same time. And you can, I mean, what I, you know, being in video production and photography, I would all the time, I mean, on a corporate checkbook you're you can buy a lot so they would say you know buy a new camera and I would do all the research I could and I'd buy a camera on the corporate credit card and I would use it for work like I would use it for my corporate job not for my personal job but I would get to practice it and I'd try it out and I'd be like I don't really like this one for my personal life I'm gonna do this other one you know or I would try out different lights or so there are a ton of advantages to working a nine to five in the, in the industry that you're trying to build out on your own. And it doesn't, like you said, it's not malicious. You're not doing anything wrong. I mean, I, I guess crossing the line would be like taking equipment on your freelance. <laughs> um, but that was a wink in case. <laughs> nah, we're, we're not. I would never No, but, but no, yeah, I see what you're saying. No, yeah. Yeah. Like you can cross the line for sure, but at the same time, it's you're, you're doing your job and you're, learning things and just applying that to your freelance world too. And I mean, it works both ways. Like you can practice stuff like in, in all seriousness, doing all the weddings that I did, I would practice certain types of shots or whatever that I wouldn't risk doing in my nine to five, like on a, on a shoot or on a commercial shoot or whatever. But when I'm doing weddings, not that they're less important, but you just have more flexibility to try. I'm like, you know, I never did this kind of shot. Let's, let's see what this looks like. Okay. That failed. I'm not going to do that, but like, Oh, that looked really cool. So now I can try, I'm more confident in my abilities. You can just experiment a little bit more on your side stuff that is maybe not as heavy as your full-time stuff. Yeah. And there's ways you can, you can mitigate that, you know, when you're experimenting, it's not like you're going to be like, Hey, I'm going to try a, a drone shot for when the uh, bride and groom yeah. are walking down the aisle. Right. <laughs> and, and like, everybody's like, 
hats are flying off right of the, you know what i mean yeah. like obviously you know that yeah you can have backups of are uh, you flying like a helicopter or a drone uh, if their hats are flying well off. i mean they're very light <laughs> hats and i i and like I little tiny afford baby the hats. very large drones <laughs> yeah they're very small hats um very aerodynamic yeah hats. all right that mavic yeah. pro really rips them right off <laughs> it does <laughs> clearly i haven't uh ever flown a drone in a church before <laughs> yeah and and like you were saying with the, the the camera stuff right and figuring out oh hey i don't like this i guess as well it 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 uh, also gives you the opportunity to be efficient with your own purchases, not just in a yes or no way, but you might buy the highest end, you know, cam Sony, you know, a seven, whatever it is now, um, camera for work and then be like, okay, well, there's five features on this that I know that I would never use for my personal work. So, I know that I can buy the cheaper model because I'm not going to need the stuff that the more expensive one has. And it's all, it all ties into, yeah, not just finding out what you like and don't like, but also making better purchase and Practical, decisions. Practicality, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll be right back. When you move into a management job, um, you know, a more senior position like you have now, uh, one of the common conversations that I have with people that are going through that transition is it's a, it's can be a bit jarring to stop doing the actual work, right? Not that you're not doing work in your job, I assume, but you're not on the ground getting your hands dirty so much anymore, which is often the thing that brought you into the career to start with, right? You mentioned just, you know, working in Photoshop and, and that kind of stuff was the, 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 the first point, but what is change in terms of your enjoyment of the job and was it something that uh you considered avoiding in order to stay doing the implementation side of it more money <laughs> just kidding <laughs> right it's a valid i mean answer. no i mean it, it helps for sure but no i i struggle with that and I, I still do because i for sure don't get to do that creative stuff i'm not i'm not making the concepts i'm not holding the camera i mean i i advise on the shots and i'm part of the production and I have creative input, but I'm not the one writing the scripts anymore or writing shot lists or deciding what frame rate to shoot in or any of that. And that's something that I did all the time in my previous job. And it was very rewarding to see your final product like win an award or get shown to the whole department because you're like, I made that. Like I thought of it, I interviewed them and I made it. Like, you know, but I don't get that as much. But the but the managerial aspect of it is is just right now at least, I mean, check with me in a couple of years, I don't know, but right now it's a, it's a new type of challenge that I haven't had. And there's a piece of me that doesn't miss dragging around equipment. I don't miss that on the boots on the ground kind of like um, task working kind of position. Now I get to kind of tell someone else to do that. And it's that in and of itself is, is exhilarating. And then I don't know. I still, I talk about my freelance a lot, but I still get that kind of creative element out or that, that I, that's still an outlet for me where I can hold a camera, edit, use Photoshop, do those more tangible things. So I still kind of have both best worlds. Um, not to like detract, but one thing I wanted to, I don't like, don't exactly know who your audience is or what, but one thing I, we have zero listeners. So you're fine. <laughs> All right. Then I can talk about literally anything I want, <laughs> but I think something that's important, just like for anyone's career, and I was thinking about this on the drive over, remembering like how, I mean, not that I'm like anything fancy right now, but I definitely 
have evolved since I was 22. I mean, everyone does, but like, I really have changed a lot. I wouldn't have guessed that I'd be doing what I'm doing now when I was ever, I would have never guessed it. And I used to panic all the time when I was like 21, 22, pretty much all through my 20s. I was panicked all the time. I always had jobs and I always did my best at them, but they were just sort of, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. So I was like dabbling in this and dabbling in this and having this job. And I was worried constantly how this was going to line up on my resume and how all of this was going to make sense. I worked in sales. I was a copywriter. I, I worked as an event planner. And then, and I'm like now switched to video production. And I, I was just something I would just tell anyone who's worried about that. Or like if you have young listeners or not, is that doesn't matter what, what experience you have, like everything makes sense eventually. So even if I had different background, like looking back on my, on my career history where I felt super lost and like, none of this is worth it. This isn't relevant. I'm wasting my time. It wasn't at all. I mean, three years as an event planner, that's exactly what I'm doing today is planning events, so to speak, you know, and that's it, the, the experience I got from that plays a role in my everyday that I'm doing now. And they're totally unrelated fields. But and like copywriting, you know, that's a little bit more of a direct relate, I think. But even sales, like I was selling technical products to people at one point and just learning those like basic sales techniques. I apply that and how I sell um, ideas and meetings now. So it's just for what it's worth. I just think that it doesn't matter if you have an eclectic collection, like you don't necessarily need to walk out of college and know what you want to do, that it'll all make sense and just doesn't it doesn't matter you could be like uh picking up garbage every morning in a garbage truck and that's your job and you'll learn some skill that will make sense and apply to whatever you have down the line yeah i think that's a great point that it doesn't necessarily have to be um directly related experience like your event planning you know job you said you're doing event planning now in your job so that was very directly related but there will be other jobs that you have where like you said with the the garbage truck you know if you're there, there's certain skills that you're going to, um, pick up that are completely, that seem very unrelated and uh, that are transferable, maybe not in their entirety, but, um, maybe, you know, just the, the discipline of having to get up at 5am or whatever in the morning to get yeah. on your truck and do your rounds exactly. when you're tired, you know, maybe if you're later on in your career, if you switch to something else, that is a really helpful skill that you've, you can bring over. So, yeah. Yeah. This is going to sound like harsher than I intend it to, but I think something to be aware of is that you can, you outgrow people, you outgrow supervisors, you outgrow positions, you outgrow teams. And I think you, you do a disservice to yourself if you stay somewhere, especially in a transitional type of job, that's not like your end goal job that you need to be aware of overstaying your welcome, I guess, so to speak, because I think I may have stayed at my previous job a little too long and it was no fault on my own, you know, outgrowing my supervisor. Like he was exactly what I needed for the time that I had it. And I could, I owe him everything. Like I couldn't thank him more, but there was a point that I was ready for something like else, like someone new, even if it was same level, it's just when someone knows you for so long, you get, you like run into a wall of growth and you need to be around change. Whether again, like it's a job, a team supervisor, situations whatever and there's also people's perceptions of you as well as well right like yeah. when you join that job if you're there for four or five years exactly. you're a totally different person by the end of it but it's very difficult for people to 
to see that growth in you and they might do it to some degree. Maybe some people will do it completely and realize that you are a different person than when you first started and you're capable of doing more. But I think generally it's hard for people to shift their perception of you and therefore things like your job responsibilities, all of that kind of stuff is, is much easier to, to, to progress. You, you can get further with it by going to a different company where yeah. you can walk in and say, hey, I've had this many years of experience doing this stuff. Um, and they say, oh, great. Here's five people to manage where maybe that never would have happened. I, like the perception is the most powerful thing. And exactly what you just said is if it's very, very difficult, at least what I've learned, it's, it's almost impossible if someone has an idea of you to change that. It's it, especially if you're going through a, a job that has a lot of evolution or a lot of growth because you do change and you become a whole different person, but no one sees that and you become very frustrated and then bitter almost. And that's like getting to that point, you have to go, you really have no choice but to either switch departments or leave the company and then come back later. Because after I left my last job and went to my new job, I was treated so differently. Like I, I, every day I was like, "Uh huh? Like (laughs) you're, you're inviting me to meet with the VP. Like I would never, that would have never happened. Meanwhile, I was just at that job a month before same experience. Like I didn't change in a month, but I would never have been treated that way at my previous job and no fault to them necessarily. It's just, it just wasn't what that job was, I guess, but they didn't see me in that position. But at my new job, they didn't know me five years prior when I started and could barely like turn a camera on. And they like, to me, to them, I have all this experience and no way more than they do. And I don't really, you know. Yeah. And I think it, it's not that you necessarily have to switch jobs to, to get that benefit. I think some places and some people will, will hopefully be able to see that, you know, in you and, and, and your responsibilities will grow sort of more gradually over time. Mm-hmm. But I think that it, yeah, it's, a, it's, uh, for most in most cases unfortunately it does seem to be that moving to different companies gives you that benefit of you know starting from scratch from in terms of your people's perception of you and that can be beneficial so yeah and i mean i think things like changes in leadership changes in staff that that can help switch it up for you so you don't necessarily have to leave your job i mean i also i hate to say you have to leave your job because you don't, if you still feel like you're growing and learning, even if perception is the same, if you still feel like you're challenged and growing and learning, those are all great things. I think when those things stop, that's when it's time to change a job for sure. Absolutely. I would be on the fence right now, uh, recommending that somebody go to college to be a, a software developer. Now you can debate either way, but I think the point is, is that there was a point where you really needed to have a degree if you wanted to be a software developer. And now you, there are there are companies that don't require that. I was I saw um, a couple of days ago Elon Musk tweeted about he was how he's looking for AI engineers and he's like you don't even have to have graduated high school, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if you can demonstrate that you can do what we need you to do, we're going to give you a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you put yours in that bracket? Yeah, a hundred percent. But that said, there's like a caveat of I did go back for my master's degree, but I was it was. I felt like I had no choice. I couldn't get hired anywhere. I also didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't dis- discover video until my master's program. So for me, it's hard for me to say like, no way, because that's how I got here was because of my master's program. And that's because I met a professor there and she encouraged me to buy a camera or to use, to get into cameras. And she connected me with freelance jobs. Like that's the reason. So for me, it really worked out, but I didn't know. 
But that said, to your point, I only care if like now that I hire people, I only care about what they can do. I only care about their work and their real. I, I never ask if they go. To, I don't care if they go to high school or went to high school um, or are in high school. If they're good, like the, your work speaks louder than your experience, really. So I do agree that there is it's you can argue both ways. But I think there's very much opportunity for someone to just get in the field and not have to go to college for it. There's resources all over. And if you're diligent enough and dedicated to sit down and like watch these tutorials and go through it, I mean, some people find that they perform better when they have the structure of a class and a professor. And I think I might be that kind of person. But if you have the dedication to just power through YouTube video after YouTube video, I mean, you can, yeah, you can totally do it. All you have to do is just pick up and start making stuff. There's a, a lot of parallels that I'm seeing between the, uh, my, the industry that I work in and, and yours. Um, and it's, it's been really interesting to hear, um, you know, some of the similarities as well as some of the, the, the differences in, in, uh, how you guys set things up to wrap us up here. If somebody listening was, was thinking about getting into media production at some level, um, what would be your most important tip that you might give them when they're looking to start off their, their journey into their career? You can take some time on this one. To not get discouraged with a lack of direction, I guess, at least in the media field, you can jump from one category to another and not like I felt overwhelmed by all the different avenues I could have gone. And it's just try all of it. And you're, you're not pigeonholed, I guess. That's that's kind of what I would say is my biggest tip is don't worry about pigeonholing yourself in the media industry because everything overlaps photography and videography are very different but they're easily transferable you can pick up one you learn one you learn the other really quickly you learn photoshop you learn premiere you learn editing you can learn audio editing like it's video editing audio editing like it's all very you learn one of them and it's easily to transfer your skills so don't worry about getting hung up on one or having to choose one awesome thanks for your time Alyssa. no problem thanks for having me